0: Welcome back, everyone, to Those Good Old Fashioned Values, the first and hopefully last Family Guy podcast on the internet. I am your host, the Lonely Photon, or Spencer, and joining me, as always, is Andy, a.k.a. X underscore Anarco Anon on Twitter. Hello. Uh, I've also got, as usual, uh, Ty, a.k.a. Bobo underscore Circus. And we got a special guest today at underscore Flower Guardian, aka Rose. Rose, how are you doing?
1: Hello, I'm doing good. I watched uh, an entire season of Family Guy today.
0: Yeah, yeah, it happens with our guests a lot. Um, a fate worse than death. Yeah, <laughs> MK Ultra shit. So, uh, let's just jump right in, uh, Rose. Since you're our guest, what is your history with Family Guy?
1: Um, I have, I have a long and storied history with Family Guy. Uh, Family Guy was actually, um, when I was really young, uh, my best friend who lived down the road, he had like DVDs that we would watch over and over again. And one of them, the one that we had to be careful of, was Family Guy. And season five was one of the, was one of the seasons that we had. But the thing with Family Guy was that like it was kind of the forbidden show because his dad would let them watch it. But his mom wouldn't. So <laughs> so whenever we got to watch Family Guy, it was like this really exciting thing. And I think that made it like extra funny for me. And then ever since then, I've never been like a huge fan of it. It's been more something I've watched with friends because it just gets thrown on at people's yeah. houses a lot. And I've definitely not kept up with the series at
0: all. Family Guy does make for good background noise. Uh-huh. Yeah, I my my recent re-exposure to it started as background noise, so...
2: Yeah, Rose Rose doesn't know because she hasn't listened to the podcast because she hates it, but literally, <laughs> like, one of the things that got this started was because I got, like, way into it, uh, watching it when I was falling asleep, just because like, oh, it was, really? like, white noise, and then uh, a mutual friend got me and Spencer together because we were both obsessed with it. Well,
1: yeah. that's the thing. Um, with Family Guy, I do find it, it's... Uh it's not a show that i love but it's also a show that when it's on it's not like i i never find it really too grating to watch yeah. unless ironically get it's very inoffensive this. yeah and the fact that it is it like the show seems to care so little about actually constructing episodes and stories and shit like that that it's kind of like throwing on a youtube compilation or something like it's so just Absolutely. all over the place
2: the YouTube compilations are, like, such a big reason that it got the traction, like, the latent, like, traction oh, that it did
0: yeah, after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I wanted to, like, say for comparison, um, when I was at a friend's place recently, we watched, like, four hours of Yu-Gi-Oh! Or in the <sighs> background, and, like, even as background yeah. noise, like, I felt, like, part of my brain just, like, trying to kill me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Family Guy works because that doesn't happen, if you use it in yeah. the background.
1: And the the thing I wanted to say was, because I was I was trying to think of... um It was very odd for me watching Family Guy this time, because I'm used to watching it as a very passive in the background show, but this time I was actually watching it and trying to think of it, like, okay, as a piece of filmmaking, like, what is Family yeah, Guy? And, uh... and the, the thing I was surprised by watching it was I was like, oh, this is actually, like an old school farce type show like like Steph stuff McFarlane or whatever like he really likes the old sketch comedy he likes the old show tunes yeah. uh, a lot of his stuff is very campy and even like kind of uh kind of effeminate and stuff like that but he also packages it in a way which appeals
2: to frat bros which is very funny <laughs> yeah spencer do you want to go on your old hollywood thing that you've talked about
0: uh yeah no we we've remarked before that this show uh found a way to make like musicals and old movies like really appealing to frat bros and i find that so wonderful that you can just imagine a bunch of like you know yeah 21 year old high functioning alcoholics getting together at some frat and watching seth mcfarland sing songs from like my fair lady and cabaret it's
2: that is not that's not fair a lot of them were on weed
0: (laughs)
1: Yeah. It is it is like a a a, it's not like high culture
0: meeting low culture, but it's like straight culture meeting gay culture.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh Seth MacFarlane has that very almost Trump like fascination with Hollywood and like gossip and celebrities and, and uh...
2: Except Seth is
0: actually gay. <laughs> he has this uh, kind of queeniness to him and I'm glad you mentioned that because starting around this season, very they start queen. getting mean yeah. to celebrities in like a different way than shows usually do. Like with South Park, you know, they're mean to celebrities because they're disgusted by like yeah. what the celebrities do, you know. They think that these are, like, craven people. Like the, the Mel Gibson episode, for example, thinks he's just this, like, complete lunatic. Meanwhile, Family Guy, when they go after celebrities, they usually just, like kind of exaggerate a physical feature or just call them ugly in some way and it's a very oh honey type of pettiness and a, a lot of the times, it's for like celebrities where i just get completely yes. thrown off by yeah, because yeah they did it to like mini driver and jake gyllenhaal or jake gyllenhaal's in season six but they like do it to celebrities that like nowadays no one has any problems with
1: yeah he was like making fun of laura dern in one episode in, uh, like, an offhand joke.
2: I mean, this is probably the least of... The thing that you're talking about but like they made fun of britney spears for like either being too fat or, that was like, so being a bad for like three episodes in a row though yeah. but it was like it was all like yeah it was all like that bad food I, restaurant type like snipe i think
3: i'm also reminded of a later episode where um peter joins tmz and they're making fun of how trashy tmz as if family
0: guy is somehow no, better just, than he has ben. this like he i yeah. mean we don't want to ascribe too much auteurist control to him since he's old, not the showrunner at this point he's just executive producer but it it does have this extremely snippy quality when they make fun of all these celebrities in very petty ways that doesn't make a ton of sense all the time like they're like Mm -hmm. oh uh mini Driver her head is too big and I'm just like I just paused it just looked her up again because I only seen her in gross point blank and I just looked like that's just a normal sized head like that's (laughs) yeah she just looks completely fine
1: I figure that you guys have probably already uh, mentioned this by now, but something that I definitely remember from watching family Guy when I was younger and stuck out more now is that the references are often so what's the word incompatible with the audience that I, I think often the punchline isn't even to do with the celebrity. It's just like, isn't it funny that we made a reference to something like you can just tell (laughs) that he's referencing something that cartoons aren't supposed to reference and that's like
0: a lot of stuff here and i remember we mentioned this last season but it becomes a big problem in this season where it's just like the reference is the joke it's the family guy yeah Yeah, like the insanity rune joke where there's no setup or no punchline or no gag it's just like (laughs) something that's maybe supposed to be funny but there's no joke there so you're just kind of Upset. Yeah.
3: So, Spencer, you obviously have, you know, mentioned that you, um in DMs and stuff have mentioned that, you know, you have a lot of problems with this season. I didn't hate this as much as you. I think there are enough quality episodes to keep it out of like the complete trash fire, like keep it worth watching if you're into Family Guy, but it's it's also like this is I think the laziest season. It it still has some good episodes, but it is way lazier than season four. And I think this is where a lot of the contempt for family guy really started to set in was during this season
1: can uh can you tell me uh can you tell me a bit about like what this show has been like up to now because i actually don't really know what the trajectory of family guy is this felt like a very standard season to me but i've also not seen it a long time
3: this is kind of the first like and i know this is weird saying it's season five when we're on season 18 this is a lot of weird ways sort of the first modern season because Season 1 was super rough and them finding their footing. Season 2 was very quality, but also pre-cancellation different. Season 3 transitioned a bit more into wacky nonsense because they were getting cancelled and were throwing anything on the wall. 4 was like a comeback season almost, so you had a lot of like... It it feels like this, but with more triumph. So this is the first, like, season where it's just like, nope, we're not getting cancelled again. People love us too much. Yeah, this is the first, like
1: fuck you season basically <laughs> i think
3: we basically, had a... basically the
2: arc that is good to follow is is that the first couple seasons were very much kind of an attempt to make a bit of like an exaggerated animated sitcom and then mm. it was canceled after season three after which it kind of transitioned to more just a a series of gags yeah yeah which is something that we've kind of chronicled
1: i wanted to mention um of, of course like Anyone who is having a deep conversation about Family Guy eventually must mention uh, The Simpsons. Uh, I was yeah, thinking of no, The Simpsons yeah. watching exactly. Wait mm-hmm. on this podcast
2: we don't actually uh. do that.
1: Sorry. Um, so with uh, the thing I was thinking about with uh, Family Guy watching this time is that Family Guy, it does copy a lot of stuff The Simpsons does, of course. Like a lot of bits in season five specifically are lifted directly from The Simpsons. But whenever Family Guy tries to do an actual story, it falls completely flat in a way where, like, oh, The Simpsons yeah. succeeds. But I will say that I think there is a strength in the fact that Family Guy is unmoored from, it, from like, any sort of logic. Like, it's on the one hand a kind of grounded Show and also very, very absurd and often like violent and meta and can break the form in any way that it wants to. Whereas the Simpsons actually has to stay locked down, like it has, like, which is why
3: Zombie said that Simpsons, I would say, set in harder than it has for Zombie Family Guy.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing I want to mention too is that I, I remembered that Family Guy peaked really early, but I will say that I, from the episodes of Family Guy I've seen recently. I think that its fall has been less In part because hard. it's a
0: less lofty peak. Like, you know, classic yes. Simpsons, yeah, that's like wherever you want to call it. There's a case to be made that whatever the stretch of the golden age of The Simpsons is, is like the best thing to ever air on TV. <laughs> I think it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Absolutely. Like, Family Guy at its peak, wherever you call it, whether it's season two, season three, season four, you know. It doesn't Season like seven. it doesn't really touch like Golden Age Simpson. It only does that in like mm-hmm. brief moments, and I-, I think that now that it's sort of settled into this very lazy groove, it's not great, but it's much more palatable than watching the Simpsons shuffle around yeah. for decades. Yeah, it,
1: it becomes a show that you can you can throw on and tune out to for 20 minutes or whatever,
0: and it's going to be fine.
3: That's why the show was beloved most by people who
0: watched it on Adult Swim. Yeah. I'm just going to cut right in. And so, I mean, we've referred to this, you know, kind of obliquely, but I really did not like this season at all. It's probably the first one I've, like, actively disliked. There are some good episodes. I chose, like, you know, we'll get to it later, but... I chose one of the episodes I did really like, but this episode, this season was so lazy and so structureless, but it doesn't even have that like late, late quality of Family Guy where like the structurelessness is kind of amusing. It's just there and boring. It's just, it's, it's inept basically. I would, I
3: would say that while I do like this season more than you, it is very much grabbing on to the worst part of season four my favorite season and extrapolating that a lot for the show yeah
2: i don't have any particular love for this season but i i really do think i disliked a lot of the pre-cancellation stuff more than i did this season because just because this one is an easier watch to me
3: i wanted to mention it because we didn't i don't think we mentioned it on the last two uh episodes when we covered season four but uh seth MacFarlane is also now working on two tv shows primarily american dad since that started yeah. airing just wanted to throw that out there we'll get
0: to american dad and in, in, at a later point
3: eventually <laughs>
0: Uh, I feel like this season,
1: like, I, I don't remember what the other ones are like. I do know that, like, I think when I was watching them, I think we had, like, seasons three, four, five, and I remember them all being pretty strong. Uh, watching season five this time, I found it to mostly be crap, mostly be boring, but also it had some bits that I still remember to, to like, to this day that I think are really good. And um, unlike... For listeners who don't know, I I do a podcast, We Need to Talk about Kevin, about Kevin Smith films. And with those films, for whatever I say about them, like, I never laugh at them. They never never get a laugh out of me. But Family Guy season five, I actually got, like, some pretty big laughs out of. There were some really good bits in it.
2: Yeah, can we, uh, here, we've been a little bit negative. Can we all name one bit from the season that we like?
1: Uh,
3: yeah. I'll go first.
2: That. It's the wrong-sounding Muppets.
3: Oh, the, the Kermit joke might be the best Family Guy joke of
0: all time. Yeah.
3: The, the, yeah, the it's Kermit back, one like in the, the swamp TV. where,
2: oh god.
0: yeah, Oh, yeah. yeah. It's such oh a classic god. Family Guy thing of taking something like that really like yeah. horrific racism oh. to it.
3: Excuse me, do you know how to get to
0: town? Yeah, it's back the way you came. But, yeah, it works. Uh, it's not anything specific, but anything involving Herbert's dog got me the laugh really hard. I, I've, We've talked a lot about <laughs> yeah. how we're sort of uneasy about Herbert as a character, where he's like the sympathetic child molester, but his dog yes. is yeah. one of the most inspired creations in the show, where it's just this like decrepit creature that mirrors all of his mannerisms, and whenever they start like sighing together for like a minute, it would always <laughs> fucking fuck me up. So I, I, I think that's that's one of the show's most inspired creations.
1: I, yeah, I, I do like that, dog. Uh, I was going to say that with the, with the Herbert thing, as well as a lot of other elements of Family Guy, um, like the violence and, and Glenn uh, Quagmire, uh, as well, like kind of towing the line. Um, I, I, ca- I came up with too snappy of a slogan for me to not say it. Um, the Simpsons is the sitcom subverted, mm-hmm. but Family Guy is the sitcom Perverted.
3: There and it is. That's it.
1: <laughs> Are you allowed to and, say that? Uh, but but for real, for real. <laughs> uh, I I find that like like so much of Family Guy is clearly a guy being like, isn't this edgy? Like we have uh, a sitcom, but there's like a per there's like a pedophile in it, and he's supposed to be like lovable and stuff like that. It's it's that kind of humor.
3: Talking about Family Guy from the perspective of a perverted loser. I think we should talk about the Griffins and the first thing I think we should talk about this <laughs> season is, wow, is this Meg has hit a new rock bottom, man, she gets yeah. hit on this
0: season. Ah, oh, poor girl. They're just really, I don't like the really Meg jokes mean. in this one. Like, no. it, they, they, I, I don't like them at all. It, season four, you know, pre-cancellation with Meg, they were like making her increasingly more and more of a loser, but it was in a way that like was more that she was put upon and just kind of boring. Then in season four, it kind of transitioned into them, like, actively antagonizing her. And I think that kind of caught on with the fans, and also the fact that she's just not a very popular character. So Mm. they added to that, and in season five, it's almost like they're doing it because they're expected to, like the showrunners. You know, it's just like, oh, we've gotta, you know, do all this bad stuff to Meg. And at this point, it's like overkill upon overkill.
2: Yeah, I said oh. early in the podcast run that I preferred the jokes where it was kind of like shitting on Meg. On the rewatch, I think that was more like in moderation because as a whole, yeah, these a lot of these really don't work for me. It's just like, it's a little bit too cruel.
1: Yeah, and I don't like the jokes where it's like, I don't even like the stuff where it's just portraying her as pathetic either. Like when she's pretending to call her, her boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. Like there's just so many... I don't know how to I don't know how to put it into words because yeah. I do like jokes that are cruel to Meg, <laughs> but there's a, there's a different kind of cruelty to these yeah. jokes which feels just it's yeah. just less it, funny. Again there's in se- again I'm in, in cool season three, it. like they were cruel to no, Meg, but
0: it was yeah. it was in the same way like Arrested Development is cruel to Anne, where it's just like kind of glancing and hinted at more. Oh, yeah. In this case, it's just not good. <laughs>
2: Otherwise, I mean, all the characters, I think, kind of stayed in stasis in season four. I didn't well, notice any big changes. I, there was one. I think, okay, I want to cut in. Brian got oh, a yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, Brian got a
0: girlfriend. Brian got more self-loathing. Oh, so. oh we, yes. We've mentioned oh, early in the show that Brian morphs from the snarky uh, straight man, you know, the sort of the Edward G. Robinson character. And then he becomes more and more of, like, a boozy, alcoholic type. And, you know, sort of a humphrey bogart type uh-huh. and now he is just seth mcfarland's self-hatred or all the seths in the writing room's hatred of themselves he's not quite
3: there yet and you know what was the thing that i realized where he wasn't quite there yet during the iraq war episode when they do the onion joke uh, with ryan and stewie the reason why that joke stuck out to i me like that joke. is because if that joke was today it would be the exact opposite brian quoting the onion and stewie calling him out for it he still has some of the upper hand which is good i think for brian's character
2: i will i will make the argument i think that he has kind of reached that point of self-loathing that like the the show will capitalize on in a really kind of not that fruitful way later but i don't think the show has realized it yet like the thing that kind of hit me was when he was talking with Jillian, uh, or he was talking about Jillian having bulimia, and he was just like, you know, oh yeah, it's sad, you know, her teeth fall out, whatever, but it keeps her body looking great. And it's like, if he said that in a later season, the show yeah. would like rake him over the coals for that. But here, it's like they have not really grappled with like the depths of. And how they kind of the let him cut Ryan loose is. a bit
0: when he's like, but it makes her body <laughs> so good. And again, I like it when the show lets the characters cut loose, especially Lois. I think the only times where anti-Meg jokes are really funny oh. is when it's Lois doing them because she's trying to be a good mom, but then it just kind of slips. It just slips out, yeah.
1: That's true,
0: yeah. <laughs> what do
3: we think of Jillian as a
0: character? Because
3: they tried for her for a little bit, no.
1: Don't like. she <laughs> Don't like.
2: Not a I fan. would be friends with Jillian in real life. I think the show is mean to yeah. her in a way that makes me uncomfortable because she's like a better person than any of the Griffins. I don't think she's so that she was like care.
0: funny for me for like a bit because she was just going to be like slightly dumb. I thought she was, you know, I'd forgotten about her characterization. So I thought she was just going to be like a little dumb, and I could have rolled with that, you know. I could have worked with it. Since some of the non sequitors she spits out, similarly with Chris, can be really funny, but.
3: But then they got to the Hitler joke.
0: And then it, it just gets, like, worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And by the time she's with all of her friends, it's just like, it's, and I don't want to be a buzzkill here, but it is just, like, misogynist. It's just that.
2: Yeah. This is going to sound like a weird criticism to bring up in the context of Family Guy, but, yeah, by that point, it's, like, cartoony, but, like, cartoony in a way that, you know, it's, like, it's not even attempting at all realism but also the joke is isn't that it's not doing that like it just doesn't I think work think it's on also level.
3: telling that they never did a steady relationship for brian after jillian
0: the difference with like uh. jillian and chris is that chris is really dumb but he's in a way that's like sort of not what you expect like he'll just fire off like all of these just random sentences that are catch you off guard because they belong to some sort of weird logic where she's just like Woman be on their cell phones, and blonde yeah. woman be dumb.
3: Also, white women be fucking dogs. Um.
2: Yeah. Now, actually, <laughs> now that we now that we finally have That's another woman on the cast, um, yeah, we do be shopping, don't we? <laughs> Why did I agree with that?
1: Yeah. Women, yeah. Women do, do be shopping. shopping. I will say, like. The- to, uh, I mean, to get political for a minute, I will say that I was very offended that this episode was clearly against hot yes. rights. Um, we need to be supporting our bimbos. They are so vital right now,
0: so important to the cause. Seth MacFarlane as
2: a gay man does not respect bimbos, and that is something that we should take into to task <laughs> for.
0: If this season came out like later, like if or no, if Jillian was introduced in like 2015 or so... I would have immediately said this is supposed to be Amelia Clark, but can't quite do that. But uh, it's yeah, no, there there is like a an air of something uncomfortable about Jillian's character. I think that if she had stuck around, I imagine part of it was just Drew Barrymore. But like if she had stuck around, she might have gotten more interesting, since none of the characters in the show started out particularly good. Other than that, though, I think we we're all in agreement that you know the Griffin family has remained pretty static.
3: I think Chris is funnier this season, but that's about it.
2: I mean, it's building on stuff that they had already introduced yes. last season, though, is kind Lewis of, Lois is the basically point. the yeah.
3: same. Peter's basically yeah. the same.
2: Lois is a little bit meaner this season, but, but like, it, it's all a continuation I, I of I think from this point out the, the
0: characters, like, kind of reach, like, a, a groove, and while they do change from here, very rarely do they make any significant developments. Do any of
2: the sign characters
0: meaningfully change uh, this season? I
2: do think they do, but my episode revolves yeah. around that. So I, I wanted to say that the big
0: change that. this season, or not the big one, but like the, the thing that really bugged me this season was the way the joke structure started to change. Uh, the show's always relied on cutaways a lot, and jokes where the duration is the joke. But in this season, two things really started to come up that like bugged me. One is that the like kind of digressive jokes got even more digressive, and even more... Uh, I don't know, off topic, and it's not out of a sense of, like, this is the joke, I just felt kind of lazy. I can't think of anything off the top of my head where I was like, this is a good example of that, but, yeah, Conway Twitty, Conway, well, they don't go overboard with Conway Twitty, but. Well, I kind of like the non sequitur. I,
2: like, I enjoy the Conway Twitty, but I know that you guys hate it, so I figured, like, that might be a good reference point.
1: I like those forum, those like form breaking jokes, those meta jokes. Uh, I was also thinking of like uh, when uh, Lois gives her nine eleven speech. I forgot that they also insert like real life footage of people. Uh, I like it whenever the show does stuff like that. I like also, it when it breaks the normal. That, that,
3: that one time in the first twenty sixteen. 2016... DNC debates where uh when Hillary Clinton was asked about like a tough question or
0: something she invokes 9-11 the one other thing I wanted to bring up that caught my attention this season was and well it really becomes more of a thing next season which I've started but the cutaway jokes almost start becoming like transitions in this season they're not doing cutaways because this is a funny cutaway joke literally cutaway jokes are just to like bridge the gap from one scene to another starting here and that can get really like janky and irritating even if some of the cutaways are good it's it's a challenge
1: well i try to think of like how this kind of like when i think of the writing process for how do you come to write a show like this i think it's pretty obvious that these episodes aren't being written like a normal sitcom would be where you have a basic story and then you play it out and you find humor like within the character interactions it feels like the writer's room is like everyone is just pitching bits basically like sketches almost it's almost like a sketch comedy show it's like people are just submitting index cards with like um little jokes on them and then they compile those into an episode and then they like find a basic structure to put around it it never feels like um it never feels like the humor is actually coming from the actual plot of the episode. And
3: that's been a thing for most Family Guy seasons, that, except for two, but it's it feels more egregious than other seasons, especially season four in this. Also, I forgot to mention the most important character change this season, which is that the show killed off the vaudeville piano guys.
1: Oh, thank God. I, I like
3: that. that. I, I don't,
0: I, it, it's fine, <laughs> like, it, it's fine in moderation, I think, but... Yeah, I, I, I'm glad they killed it off. Although, again, season six they bring it back. So what do I know?
3: Well, they're yeah. dead though, but still. So. Um, oh, really? Do
0: we have anything um, else yeah. to add about this season? Yeah, it's it's kind of not great, but there are a lot of good
3: episodes in it. So let's let's file this under mixed bag. Not gonna yeah. rush to rewatch this. Yeah. One. Once I think we finish Family Guy in this podcast, I don't think we're gonna rewatch <laughs> Family Guy
0: in a long time.
2: <laughs> I might. I might put it on just for fun.
0: We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our choice episodes as
2: usual. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV.
0: But where are those good old-fashioned values oh, on which we used, the used the to rely?
3: Lucky as a family guy. Lucky as a man who has we can do. All the things that make us
0: back uh we're gonna talk about four episodes uh each of us brought one that we wanted to discuss i'll just get us started uh i chose unusually an episode that i really liked i usually bring the think piece episodes to the table but i just wanted to talk about one that i had a lot of fun with uh meet the quagmires all right um for meet the quagmires uh the plot summary of this one is that Uh, Peter goes back to the few back to the past basically he uh, he wants to live the single life again. He does it he hooks up with Molly Ringwald at a bar and When he comes back to the present it turns out that quagmire has stolen Lois and the future has been altered Mostly for the better as Tucker Carlson is dead. This is it is the back to the future parody the show has dabbled in back to the future parodies before but they did a full-on homage and uh, I, I think it was just a really fun episode. It, uh, good jokes, Back to the Future is a perfect plot to steal from. Uh, you know, because it's uh, the movie itself kind of has a perfect plot. And yeah, no, I, I don't have a ton productive to add to it other than I think that this show is always at its best or almost always at its best when it goes for a high concept. And uh, this is one of the best examples of that.
2: Why does Death have time travel abilities? yeah like, that's couldn't they one. have just like that already has no. the time machine doesn't he
3: I don't think so I think they get it in, I think they get it in season six or seven when they do yeah. the uh okay. the Mort the road to uh Germany um hmm.
2: I thought it'd been a thing before that I mean also whatever like even if they didn't have it I feel like they could have come up with a more effective means of you know temporal conveyance than just death yeah. being there I don't I don't it, that was just weird to me. On the whole, I did enjoy the episode, plus it's where we get the song that's at the end of every Family Guy funny moment yeah. compilation.
3: Um, it's funny that, that it, Family Guy did a reference that predates yeah. a meme. Or does Good it? Job. It's
0: 2007.
3: Yeah, I think it but does, because I think, roll? never going to give you turned up. I, I think just, uh, Rick no, Rowling started in, to... like, 2008, um.
1: I was going to say, I had a wonderful moment watching this episode because I was watching it. This is is the best moment of watching this season, easily, was I was watching it and I was enjoying (laughs) Never Gonna Give You Up. And then I realized that finally, after all these years, I no longer associate that song with the Rickroll and I can just enjoy it now because it's a very fun pop song.
0: (laughs) I have two things to add. One is that... So, it doesn't predate the meme, but it didn't become a big thing until 2008 from what I just read. So, I'll give it credit. I think what it might be taken from is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they actually mention, uh, or they play the song in an episode in 2005. And according to what I'm looking at right now, that's sort of where the uh, the song started to get some new traction. And the other thing I wanted to add is that I think Together Forever is the better Rick Astley song, but you all aren't ready for that conversation.
2: I also have a funny little thing uh, to add, because I I did the math. Because at the end of this episode, we learned that Peter and Lois get married at the age 18, right? Because that's when... um, And in an earlier episode, we learned that Peter is 43 years old. And since Meg is 17, that means that... They waited at least eight years to have kids after getting married, which seems kind of weird for, you know, a working-class New England family. So, I mean, plot hole, you know. Someone, someone I also have a fan theory that
0: this episode is the reason why Quagmire hates Brian. Because that, that development uh, yeah. that happens in season seven, there's no signs of it. But if we, if we wanted to do an obnoxious YouTuber thing, We could say that they changed the course of history
2: in this episode.
3: But that's just a theory.
2: A game
0: theory. I Ah. mean, if
2: anything, you'd think he'd hate Peter, because, like, he punched him in the face with no provocation. He must must just
0: really not like Rick Astley. Speaking of Quagmire, Ty, do you want to talk about your episode?
2: Yes, I picked episode 11, Airport 07. Um, which is the episode where Peter becomes a redneck and then accidentally gets Quagmire fired and they come up with a plan to hijack a plane, which seems like an odd choice to make after nine eleven. But But um, the reason I picked it is because it's kind of the... There were, like, inklings, I think, last season a bit, but it's the first introduction of, like, persnickety Quagmire as opposed to just plain dog Quagmire, which is really, I think, like, Quagmire when he's just kind of like an irritable kind of swishy man is maybe my favorite character on um, Family Guy and it's kind of yeah well it's frustrating he's that it's my favorite you know paired too, up yeah. with like just the rapist guy because like Quagmire is just an irritable like like just an just an irritable man with like very kind of strong opinions about things it's like a very funny and charming character
3: yeah. Like for example, Tim Daly is great. I, I agree with Gum Quagmire. The, yeah, I haven't seen yeah, much yeah, wings, yeah. but I know I like Tim Daly.
2: Also, that was weird. I don't think every pilot likes wings. But no, I mean, it's a pretty simple episode. Um, really, like it's not super special. It's it's got some good jokes. Um,
1: I really like the I really like the beginning yeah, of it. Pretty...
2: <laughs> You know you're a redneck if you come from a rural area and behave. Yeah, this is
3: also a good example of Family Guy not having a good plot structure because the
0: redneck stuff has nothing to do with the climax. The, the Airport 07, that comes from the Airport series of movies, and at least the first Airport movie has a really, really good structure that they could have stolen from. Yeah. But, you know, they, they kind of had to latch it onto this stuff.
2: Yeah, so I, I don't have too, too much to say other than that. I think this is where Quagmire starts becoming a character that I enjoy. And that I know a lot of guys like Peter Griffin who, you know, live in New England or, you know, the the North or the Northeast, but really like in the deepest parts of their heart want to be hillbillies. And like that is way more common than people who are not from the Northeast might expect. Yeah,
1: I I
3: can see that. Um, It's always fucking hilarious, though, whenever you see a white guy from um, well north of the Mason-Dixon line having confederate shit. It's like, okay, fuck (laughs) off, you racist
2: pig. Like, you're, like, you're not even, like, you don't even have the hair so, thing. You just, like, there is can I go season.
3: next? Sure thing. Yeah. Alright, so I picked, uh, the third episode of this season, Hell Comes to Kohog. Uh, and I have a lot to talk about with this episode, because I think it's, it's, it's very interesting. So, general plot, this has a very disjointed plot. Starts with, uh, the, 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 the gang at the Clam, you know, Peter, Joe, Quagmire, and Cleveland. They have to go pick up Meg at a skating rink, and then do the iconic family guy skating rink bit. Uh, but then they leave Meg behind after doing that, and she has to walk home in the rain. So they go to the, a car at the dealership next day, and Peter, seeing a tank, is convinced by the this, this sleazy con man to get a tank. Runs Joe over, loses the tank, but then the episode changes suddenly, because now it's time to talk about Walmart being evil. But it's, it's not Walmart, it's uh, Superstore USA moved into town, closed up all the other jobs in the town, drains all the power. Meg goes to work for it. Then Peter leaves the the mob protesting it and also goes to work for it. And then at the end of the episode, Brian and Stewie blow it up a tank. I know it doesn't sound, I know I didn't do a good job explaining the plot of this episode, but that's also because this episode has a really bad plot structure and, and its first act only exists to give Really forced uh, callbacks to the third act to make it seem like it's tying up, but I actually really liked this episode and, and thought there was a there was a good bit to talk about. So first off, this this episode has uh, one of what I would think is one of the most family, iconic Family Guy jokes of all time because it was like a 2011 Reddit meme, uh, the Pepperidge Farm bit. Oh
0: God, that's it's, that's that's such a classic Reddit bit.
2: I've seen maybe 600 of those in my
3: lifetime. It's quality, and to be fair, the bit the joke itself is actually pretty good. The other thing I wanted to talk about was I, I remember really liking this episode. It was one of the first episodes of Family Guy I saw, and I really liked it as a kid. And, and while I don't think it's, it's structured super great, I do think it is a good episode. Just to nitpick a little, it's a little weird that, like, they play up the... And this is the thing the Family Guy does, but it doesn't, you know, involve with writing. This episode, I think, shows a very big difference, like, between liberals in, like, the early 2000s and this is, remember, in the early 2000s when walmart was the most evil corporation in america yes liberals and not to say walmart isn't but i feel like that specifically anti-walmart energy has almost completely disappeared
0: walmart and mcdonald's were the two big corporations to hate for different reasons
3: and it's almost completely vanished and i and i don't know why it happened but it did i guess everyone just started hating the banks after financial crisis which makes sense um
0: it's very weird yeah it's a it's a strange point in time i think with mcdonald's there was definitely sort of a cultural thing but with walmart i have no idea i'd have to do some research if i had to guess there might have been some like scare you know what it about was it? it
3: was it was like they were destroying all manufacturing jobs and small town mom and pop shops across america that's what it was yeah, yeah.
2: which i mean to be fair yeah and, a and, but i also think too. it's funny
3: that like liberalism was mad when it was happening but when these kind of conditions sort of led to to where we are today they they, they have completely forgotten they were ever mad about it in the first place um
2: well because you know i, I mean not to get whatever we're not a politics podcast but like the election of Obama really did sap like a pretty solid growing of material consciousness in this country. Yeah,
0: you yeah, know, I I agree.
2: Um, the, the one thing I did want to add about this episode is that I thought it was fine, but I hate to be like the way that you are with The Simpsons. The South Park Superstore episode was better, where it's like actually alive and they have to kill it. Like, yeah, that's just
3: a that's, better that that sounds clever. Yes, but also one thing about like something they could have done better. In the, the, the last bit of the episode, Peter works at the store, but Meg's her, her dad's supervisor. And Meg has to fire Peter, and but she doesn't because she loves him. I think the joke would have worked much better if Meg fired Peter, but then the store was destroyed anyway. And they made a joke about how it doesn't matter. Instead of like pretending to have a sappy ending, would like, Meg and Peter have a good relationship when they obviously don't?
2: Well, they do that same thing a couple years later in American Dad where Steve has to fire uh, Stan, who's working at the... That episode is also way better, though. Like, I yeah.
0: don't remember. Um, I had one note about this episode. Oh, I had two, but the one that stuck out with me was that I, I don't like Peter's laugh. I don't like it. I, I I'm, It's one of those things that frustrates me because the show starts doing that as the only joke. And there's these very long jokes where he's just doing that laugh. For so long, and it, it 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 just drives me up the wall. It's one of those. Can't, like, believe, can't
3: believe I'm hearing this. Yeah, it's it's a, it's, it's an iconic. At least only quality.
0: yes yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah, no, it's that mannerism. It just gets so tired so fast. And even if it wasn't, it's one of those things like you know, Ollie for example is kind of a funny bit like the first couple of times, but. Uh, by this season, I was just so sick and fucking tired of Ollie.
3: I like Ollie,
0: but they, they do
3: drop him eventually and just focus on Tom Tucker a lot more, which to be fair, Tom Tucker, I think is a very underrated family guy character. Um, and he, and he gets a lot of good play this season.
2: Especially before Diane dies, I think that one of the sleeper hits of the show is Tom and Diane's kind of sniping at each other. Yeah.
3: Even
1: though he's no, he's no Ken Brockman.
3: Ken Brockman, he's got a lot of good jokes, but I've never thought of him as one of the strongest Simpsons characters. Tom Tucker
1: is a cross between Ken Brockman
2: and um, Troy McClure.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kent gets the better jokes, but I like Tom Tucker more as a character.
2: There's something extremely funny about like a news anchor who, who makes everything extremely personal every yeah. time he's on the news. It's just a good concept.
0: I, I just wanted to add, looking at uh, just looking up this episode while we record, I, they had to cut a scene from uh, circulation from TV where uh, Brian bites a mentally challenged kid.
3: Oh, that makes oh sense. I
0: know I've seen that scene before a lot, but they had to cut it out. The show is not very nice to the mentally challenged. I want to say, if I can play like Devil's Advocate a bit, like, Brian's, like, really cruel streak and really awful streak is very funny. Like, how he'll just kind of say racist things sometimes. I kind of get a kick out of that. Well, bad phrasing, but I think it's funny. Um,
2: and I think he's always... I, I don't think it works, because I think he's always, like, a little bit too guilty about it, you know? Or, like, when he's not, it's like they don't, they don't linger on it. I don't know. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's weird. It, it, Brian, I think, as the show gets on, goes on, gets more and more mishandled. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I Rose, what episode did you want to bring?
1: Uh, so I have Saving Private Brian, which I chose because it is an absolute time capsule yes. of an episode. Um, which makes it very interesting. This came out on November fifth, two thousand six, and it's about the Iraq War. It's about Stewie and Brian joining the army, and also Chris becoming a metalhead and eventually meeting Marilyn Manson. So it's just like it's it's everything two thousand six rolled into one. It's fantastic.
0: The plot of this episode is that basically Brian and Stewie join the army and then try to get out of it. Meanwhile, uh, Chris joins a band and starts acting antisocial around his parents. That's it. I kind
3: of feel like, on the one hand, I think this episode would have worked much better as a Brian and Stewie Road to Iraq episode, where you get a full 22 minutes to talk about like the army and also like discuss the Iraq War. And I think that would have worked much better on a narrative, because strobbing this in half an episode doesn't work. But on the other hand, I'm glad that that didn't happen because it would have given uh, Seth McCarland and Family Guy's writing crew uh, more excuses to be racist to Arabs. So it's, it's kind of a pick your poison situation.
2: Well, and also, didn't they literally have, like, a section of the Road to Europe episode that was, that took place in, like, Iraq or something? Oh,
0: God, yeah. And, and
3: like, was, yeah, yeah that, but that was, yeah, 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 yeah. that was different and also very short, but I get what you're saying. Right, uh, but
2: I mean, like, I, th- I don't think they would have been very eager to retread that ground. like a Sure, but I think if they
3: were going to do this joke, they should have committed to it, as I guess I'm saying. They don't sure, really. fair
0: enough. Um, I mention this a lot, and this is perhaps the best episode of what I talk about when the show has this racist anti-racist tension where the show on the one hand disavows racism in very blunt terms you know where it's like all of the where they mention you know that the army has quote all the brown people you can rape and again that's as blunt as you can get especially you know on the other hand the show has all of these pretty you know the show in this episode in particular has all these pretty horrible stereotypes about iraqis and you know people who live in the middle yeah. east so it's weird, and this is this is definitely the most representative of that tension, I think.
1: I remember uh, this episode being very weird for me as a kid, because I was very young watching this, obviously, and still not totally fully processing what the Iraq War was. Like, I was too young to understand it. And I remember, actually, this episode standing out to me, like, in my understanding of America. Uh, because I didn't, uh, I didn't really realize until I saw the episode, like, I think what even the army was, like, when they try and shoot themselves in the foot to get out of it, I was like, wait a second, like, what even, what even is this? Like, why, why can't they leave? Like, what are they doing there? And just everything about just the, uh, political undertones of it, the weird tensions in it, the way that Iraqis are portrayed. I remember it all feeling just so strange to me as a kid. And, of course, now looking back, I can see clearly, like, where this show comes from.
2: Yeah, our army's kind of disgusting.
1: Yeah, obviously.
0: (laughs)
3: Uh, Fuck the troops.
0: On the other hand, the Marilyn Manson part of the episode, I, I think the gag of Marilyn Manson being just this, like, very wholesome guy is good. If you've seen any of his interviews, like in Bowling for Columbine, uh, which I guess we'll have to talk about when we get to South Park at some point, but he he's like a very just plain spoken and well like very thoughtful person, and this portrayal of him matches up pretty well, and yeah no I I, I like the Marilyn Manson stuff I'm not a huge fan of chris being like an edgy teenager
3: i i did like the joke of him riding off on a motorcycle with herbert like he was his girlfriend <laughs> yeah, that was actually yeah. one of the better herbert jokes
2: uh i, I also I say
1: regarding evil, evil monkey is a good song yeah. i like that song yeah.
2: uh, I, I if it didn't have if it didn't reference literally the worst joke Family Guy ever made then yeah it would be funnier if there was no evil monkey <laughs>
1: The other part of, uh, the other reason why this episode stuck out to me as a kid was also, I mean, another relevant thing that that Marilyn Manson was popular at that time. And I also did not understand who Marilyn Manson was, but my brother was very into Marilyn Manson and my parents hated it. So I remember Marilyn Manson being like a thing in my house. And then when I saw the episode, I was like, oh my gosh, like, like this is it. This this is the guy. This is the guy that my parents are always yelling about. is gonna Is gonna
2: turn my brother. I to also Satan. like the
0: joke of Peter not knowing what gender Marilyn Manson is and just like getting like confusedly horny. I think I think that's a
2: the the one thing I want to add. Um, if people who are listening to this haven't seen it. Clone High does the same concept with Marilyn Manson, but they do it way better and it's just an overall well, better Clone show. Clone
3: is a better show than this. Exactly. Cancelled like, a, a tragedy. Oh my
2: god. I'm so pissed to this day that it didn't get more than one season. But yeah. Yeah, if you haven't seen Clone High, go watch Clone High, because they do this concept but even funnier. Also, also, I really, there's a joke in here that I really, really adore, because uh, it's like my, my little Broadway corner thing where they're, mar- they're doing marches, but they're like, the marching chants that they're doing are like talking about different Broadway musicals, which I think is very funny. It's good,
0: although they're wrong about Cabaret, at least the musical version. In my notes,
2: I literally said they were right about Miss Saigon, but not Cabaret. The, the movie version of the Cabaret is one that.
0: of the best movie musicals ever made. I haven't seen yeah. the Yeah, I mean, the Very musical's good. pretty good itself, good. too. Um,
2: I hate Miss Saigon because my it's my mom's favorite musical, and like she insists it's the best musical ever made, even though it's like fine. But yeah. So I like irrationally don't like it.
0: <sighs> hmm. It's a shame, too, since I think that uh, Family Guy seems to draw a bit from Fosse, but who knows? I do remember there was one episode where they did like the kind of Fosse pelvic thrust dances, um, but I guess it's a different writer. Other than that, uh, you know, I think I think oh. Saving Private Brian's a pretty solid episode. Well, one thing, and yeah. you can edit this back yeah, early enough, so something else I
3: remembered. Uh, you know, I mentioned they, they killed off the vaudeville guys. They also killed off Francis. A bunch of side characters get, get like, yeah. axed off this season.
0: Oh, I just wanted to add about the vaudeville characters. Seth said that people were getting sick of them. It's because it's not that
2: funny. No, but yeah, they, they bring Francis back, like, once after this, but... No, it's kind of weird how, like, they're thinning the cast.
3: Be sure to talk about that episode, because oh boy. It's
2: tough to talk about, like, anti-Semitism in the uh, the context of Family Guy, because I, I do think that the writer's room is, like, for a lot of the seasons, like, maybe not primarily, but, like, definitely has a lot of Jewish people, like, in the writer's room. So oh. it's one of those things where it's like, where is it like, like actual anti-Semitism and where is it like the kind of, you know, joking anti-Semitism that a lot of, you know, Jewish comedians partake in.
0: Yeah. No, it's tricky. They also draw a lot from Woody Allen. Um, Seth MacFarlane has cited Woody Allen as being like one of their biggest influences. And you can tell because of like all the cutaways and the self-deprecating humor. And, you know, Woody Allen, in a lot of his movies, he leans into that sort of neurotic self-hating thing a lot. So it's tricky to deal with. Also, speaking of uh, family guy,
3: hating people, uh, fuck that Texas episode. That Texas episode is not good.
2: Also, it's like a worse version of one that we talked about on an earlier pod. that they literally didn't like season two.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's way crueler. Like, you know, they have in the South episode, you can tell that someone who grew up in the Deep South wrote it because it's still like it's more gentle and seems to like people from the Deep South. This one's just like To an extent. Or maybe not likes, but has more respect for. Where this one is There just are like, some good
3: jokes with the Deep South that make it look kinda cool, whereas this it's just aren't Texans bigoted homophobic
0: on awful in every level? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh the 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 sort of elitist streak of the show gets kind also, of ugly.
3: also it technically counts Family Guy being awful on trans issues, so that's also great.
0: Yeah. We don't need to talk We're about that. We're gonna have to get though. to that soon. So, I think that about does it for Season 5. Not a lot. It's less of an interesting season than all the others. Family Guy's really starting to, like, hit its lazy groove at this point. It's not as offensive as it would later get. It's got its hits, but it's mostly not very good. I'm already into Season 6, and I'm liking it a lot more. I don't know why. Which is
3: funny, because I think Season 6 was made in the same production cycle as Season 5. Yeah, yeah.
1: The Star Wars episode, I know, was. Because that was originally going to be the finale, I think, that, uh, and the they made
3: the, it the the those episodes. Um. Yeah, no,
0: it's, it's strange. Yeah, no, that'll think all about do it. Uh, Rose, do you have anything to plug uh, while you're here?
1: Uh, just check me out on Twitter at underscore Flower Guardian, and I am also on YouTube at Flower Guardian. I am not posting... Anything immediately, I'm on a little bit of a, a pause because I'm trying to support the protests, but I hope to have something out that's a little bit more relevant soon.
3: Uh, I actually have something to promote. It'll probably be, be, be out for a few days after this airs, or a few days before this airs, sorry, uh, but, and not be new anymore, but uh, I went on my friend Stairs Podcast TV Tuner's and for a little bit, we talked about the new DC Arrowverse show, Stargirl, for like 20 minutes at the end. But we also just did a normal episode. Uh, it really, TV uh, Tuners is actually a pretty good podcast. You should check that episode. I'll be sure to link to it. on.
2: Um, uh, this is where I usually do like my, my jokey terrorism thing. In light of what's going on right now, I don't know if that's a great idea. You might have noticed my voice is fucked up. Um, that is from yelling at my local protest. Um if you have any in your area, go support it. We have been pretty explicit about yep. supporting them. Um, do whatever you can, because we we really believe that this is something that needs pretty con- constant action from all of us.
0: And fuck DeRay and or, don't support anything. Fuck DeRay, he... fuck the yeah. cops, fuck 12. Fuck
3: DeRay that. and fuck every Democratic mayor and governor. Um, yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, that'll about do it. Uh, Rose, thanks for coming on. We look forward to having you again. Yeah,
2: you're such um, a guess.
0: And uh, I'll have Rose with Teeth play us off as usual. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.